Thank you for listening to Right Jokes, Wrong Times. When I started this podcast, what I wanted to do was I wanted to show everybody that would listen to something I would put out, the comedians that I love, right? I I wanted to show them what I'm laughing at every night when I'm at these clubs. What happened when I started doing stand-up comedy was I fell in love with local comedy. The stand-up scene that I've seen around me is unreal. And when I go out, I laugh harder than I've laughed my entire life. And I like to think that I'm a pretty funny person. I think that's why I got into stand-up comedy. And I think if people know me, they'll know me as a pretty funny person. And when I tell you that the comedians that I'm watching on stage are some of the funniest people I've ever met, dude, these people are unreal. And I think that some of them are destined to do great things in comedy, whether that's writing, whether that's, you know, sketches that you might see on the internet or stand-up bits that you might have already seen on the internet without realizing it. If you've listened to this podcast, I'm really excited for you to see kind of a more formal conversation of how they write their jokes and kind of the ones that bomb and like what they're working on when I'm talking to them. To me, that's kind of cool. It's, It's actually what I like to talk to comedians about when I'm out and about. So if you're listening to this, really, thank you for listening. What I want to do is every 10 weeks, I actually want to check in And I want to tell another good joke of mine and another bad joke of mine and then one I'm writing at the time. So if I'm checking in every 10 episodes, that's 10 weeks. That's every couple months. So I won't be inundating you with me all the time. After like the second time, I'm going to go through all the good jokes that I have. So it's going to force me to write more, at least. Jesus. So without further ado, my first good joke that I wrote I believe at least was about Sour Patch Kids. And I actually wrote this probably when I was about 21. I had gotten married to my wife and we lived in Arizona. My favorite candy is Sour Patch Kids. And what we would do is my wife loves them as well. So we would sit there and we would eat Sour Patch Kids. And with every candy, I have like a particular flavor that I love. And obviously you associate like the flavor, you know, I know like what color Skittles I love. I love the purple. I love the blue. Like if you eat them together, they're fucking incredible. Um, The pink as well. With Sour Patch Kids, like orange Sour Patch Kids are my favorite. But like by a mile, the rest suck ass. So my wife likes yellow. So we would like stockpile. I would stockpile a bunch of yellows and she would stockpile a bunch of oranges. And we would trade these Sour Patch Kids. And like the second or third time we ever did it, I was like... This is weird that we're like segregating these kids and trading them. And like, you know, just it kind of struck me as funny. So I wrote it down and I told a buddy at work and he laughed quite a bit. So it was just something that, you know, I wrote a long time ago and it was kind of stuck in my mind. So when I started doing stand up, you know, then I'm 28. I've told that joke, you know, at that point to like various people as like a one liner. And the one liner that I had at the time was, was basically like, I think Sour Patch Kids teach you to be racist. And that's all I wrote. And the first time I delivered that joke, that's what I did. And so I went up and I said, I think Sour Patch Kids teach you to be racist. And people looked at me like, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I I didn't know you had to like keep going. I thought like people could connect the dots. So I had to like start writing there, right? I, I didn't I didn't know what to do. So I went home and I was like, all right, well, I got to try and tell the story, you know, of, of what you just heard of how my wife and I were trading Sour Patch Kids and it ended up like becoming much more gimmicky. Um, what happened was I ended up writing that joke 
and being comfortable with right and so i started going to this joke writing class and at the joke writing class i got a bunch of tags for it that in fairness got decent laughs on the jokes and what happened was that joke as much as i love that joke it reminds me of my wife it reminds me of trading sour patch kids with my wife has become so gimmicky uh, it's something that i don't do often i actually only do it if i am unloading everything I have. So if you hear Sour Patch Kids, more than likely I'm at the end of every joke I have. It's kind of funny. So. <laughs> Jesus, Brendan. Nobody listens to this shit. So the bad joke is the very next joke that I wrote. So I, the first time that I went to do stand-up, I said, all right, I'm going to do that Sour Patch line. And the next joke that I wrote was, it was around Thanksgiving. Because I, I started stand-up in uh, December 2018, right? So what was on my mind was I just seen this ad for a lazy Susan. And I was like, God damn, man, whoever fucking like came up with the lazy Susan, that's the biggest slap in the face to whoever it's named after. Cause like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just fucking funny as hell to me that like, I don't know, just see it, it didn't work that much that I don't think it's like that. I'm already talking myself out of how, how I think it's funny. Yeah. So the idea was, the guy that made it really must have thought poorly of <laughs> of Susan, right? Because he like made this thing where he could fucking just wheel food around to cater to her. Or he could like keep food away from her, I guess, too, if he was like trying to hide it from her or like keep it away from her. But because like the lazy Susan, in fairness, is just, you know, for people that are lazy. So... I imagined, uh, I think the way that I wrote the joke was the way that I kind of told it on stage. I don't remember exactly how it was. Like, I envisioned basically him naming it, right? So they're like, oh, cool, you know, this thing is sweet. So what do you call it? And then he, like, calls it the Lazy Susan. And they're like, what do you mean, Susan? Like, my sister Susan? Or, you know, just talking about who the fuck Susan is because they know Susan. But that would suck, man. I, that would suck to have something named after you like what's his face santorum right didn't he piss off he pissed off somebody and they uh they named santorum like the <laughs> just just google it with safe search off i don't want to explain it I plus i'm going to show how naive i am if i explain it i did that joke quite a bit and what was hard was i think i'm funny i think obviously everybody who tries to get on stage and make people laugh thinks they're funny and it, you know, you get up there with a joke that you think works or an idea that you think works and it doesn't. And that one didn't work. And it's so unfunny. Like I said, that, you know, it, it left such a sour taste in my mouth from doing it enough times and realizing that I either sucked at doing it or, you know, I hadn't fleshed out the thought or whatever, uh, that, you know, you, you kind of forget it so much. So the reason that I I was thinking about the first like set that I did. I, I could only have told like six or seven jokes. That's one I remember. What I'm writing now is actually something that happened to me right before quarantine happened. And uh, it was kind of a bummer when quarantine happened for everybody, obviously, right? I was right in the middle of what I thought was kind of gaining steam with my set. The times that I was being offered... I felt like I was able to get laughs pretty consistently, you know, consistently enough, I, f I felt like. So I was trying to do more time and, and I was finally able to get a longer time slot and I did it a few times and it went pretty rough. And the last time that I did it was like the longest I've done and the best I've done until quarantine hit initially. 
what happened was this guy, I was driving home from work one day and this guy cuts me off in this Lexus and the license plate is limitless, but it's spelled L-M-T-L-S-S because you can't spell limitless because it's beyond the limits of what you're allowed on a license plate. You're only allowed seven letters. And I thought it was the funniest shit that I got cut off by this guy that couldn't understand that if you're going to do something with like limitless, maybe don't do it on a limited medium, you know, those thoughts kind of cross my mind, you know, in real life as they happen. And what happens is like, I have that thought kind of just as I delivered it to you almost right then. And it's hard for me to sometimes like translate that on stage. The way that I've kind of translated limitless to the stage is I've, (laughs) I've made it somebody that cut me off and I'm thinking of making it like a jacked up Chevy Colorado. And the reason that I want to make it a Chevy Colorado is because if you heard in the Jeremy episode of this podcast, I just learned that Colorado means like red. Uh, We were watching this show about Bolivia. It's like these uh, beautiful places on earth. And they were talking about Laguna, Colorado and Laguna Verde. And I was like, wait, like I know those words. Those are only a, a few words. And so I'm like, all right, I know Laguna. I'm like, Colorado means red. And my first thought, because I work with cars, is I always see Chevy Colorados. I love those little trucks. I like the red ones. I actually own a red truck. And why would you buy anything besides a red Chevy Colorado? Like you're driving around with something that says red on it. You know, it's like the women that walk around with pink on their ass and it's like black or whatever. I want to make the person who cut me off as douchey as possible. The idea of somebody in a Colorado, which is a small size pickup, I would love to hype that up as like this Chevy Colorado that's like jacked up with truck nuts, you know, and it's white. And like, why the fuck would you have a white Chevy Colorado? It it means red. So I need to do that. What I want to do is I want to kind of play out the idea of that person going into the DMV and trying to get the limitless license plate and they're just like oblivious that you're limited to seven letters so then they have to like cram it down you know like so i want the lady at the front to be like well sir you're limited you know to seven letters every time i try to deliver that as an idea it comes out really jumbled i kind of step on my feet i'm i'm not great at (laughs) explaining why i think something is funny Uh, I can tell you the idea of why I think something is funny and I can't really present it on stage the best usually. So, Jesus. Jesus, is this just me like apologizing for what I did? Fuck, Jesus. Brendan, come on. All right, sorry.